Where are you from, Kansas? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. We will, uh, at the end of the message, we'll receive our communion tonight. Uh, we want to continue with this that we have been looking at, a covenant of blood. Let's go over to Genesis 15. And, you know, the Lord said something today, and I want you to be aware it wasn't just for uh, ministers. We laid hands on, I think we laid hands on nearly everybody in the building. But uh, for something. And uh, but the Lord said something about the impartation. He said, you've been empowered to do something, but you've been empowered to forget something. I truly believe that today and I don't know any situation with anybody and you all know that, but I truly believe that there are things that you had dealt with. You won't deal with them anymore. You know, the Bible says something before we get into the covenant, the Bible says something uh, in Psalm 23, the Lord through the prophet King David, he said uh, in Psalm 23, he said, you anoint my head with oil. Well, you know, David was a, a shepherd and it's a it's a fact that in that occupation, if we could use that phrase that most sheep do not die from predators or accidents or something of that nature they die from a fly laying eggs on their head and the larvae of that fly boring into the skull of that animal and it kills them very painful the Bible, you know, makes it plain. Jesus called the devil Beelzebub or Baalzebub, the Lord of the flies. And flies throughout Scripture are indicative of those thoughts, those attacks of the enemy on a person's mind. And notice it was the shepherd that anointed their head with oil. For what purpose? The flies. That there are things sometimes that you are working on on your own and it feels like you're not making the progress you should be making and God will set something up like this morning to help you get past it. Hallelujah. And, and I believe that you can say, like the Lord told Moses, the Egyptians you say today, you'll see them no more forever. Hallelujah. I believe that Genesis 15 always remember number one you are a spirit you are a spirit I don't I don't possess a spirit I am a spirit my spirit is the real me I possess a soul mind will and emotions I reside in a body all right uh, we are a tripartite being. This is, is so important because that's where you're supposed to live from. If, if you don't live from your spirit, there are things in the Word of God that won't make sense. There are things that you'll have a hard time believing because it requires you to believe them out of your spirit. There are times you're believing things out of your spirit and your mind saying there's no way. 
There's times you're believing things out of your spirit and everything in the circumstance is is adverse to what you know is right and what you know that you're believing. And if you if if you don't learn to live out of your spirit, you can never hold that thought or that issue out in and keep it in the realm of the spirit where it can affect you. You're grasping it. You're holding it in the realm of the spirit. You're taking it captive. You don't take thoughts captive so much by your words as you do by your spirit. The words that come out of you are spirit words. And when those thoughts are attacking your mind and you say, watch, I grabbed that thought and I cast it down. That's something that's coming out of your spirit. Words are spirit. Words never die. They have to be replaced. Amen. That's that's why when you came to Jesus, all you did was believe in your heart. But then what did you do? You confessed with your mouth. What had you been confessing? Lordship to another being. But when you got born again, you believed in your heart that Jesus was who he said he was. And out of your mouth, you confessed him as Lord. And your spirit changed. You are a spirit. Secondly, you have a covenant. Always remember that. I have a covenant. That has to come up in your mind when you're not just faced with the challenge, when you're dealing with anything, when you're dealing with a business proposition, you're dealing with issues with your children. Here's what comes up. I have a covenant. Now, you've heard me say this a lot. What's the covenant do? Closes the book. That's it. Right? Amen. In, in the book of Isaiah, he said the prey of the terrible will be taken captive. And, and, and the, the captives of the mighty will be taken away. But I will contend with them that contend with you. And I will save your children. That is a covenant pledge of the king. It cannot be wrong. He cannot lie about that. Right now, God is contending with those that contend with you. See, there can be influences on your child's life that you're not even aware of. But they're contending with you in the spirit. But right now, God is contending with those that contend with you. And he said, I will save your children. That's it. Closes the book. Yeah, but my children aren't living right. What's that have to do with anything? You're a spirit and you have a covenant. So you're living out of your spirit and you have a covenant that God will save your children. Now that comes up with any situation. Yeah, but the doctor said, yeah, but I have a covenant. Right? We've been teaching on a covenant of healing. If, if you come to the hear and be healed meetings, you're going to hear a lot about the covenant of healing. Because that's, that, that's, the, that's the road of revelation God has us on, has had us on. See, these things I'm teaching you, they've been in my spirit percolating for 25 years. This is not something I just found out about last week. This is what changed my life. This is what re revitalized everything about what I believed about God. Amen. So I have a covenant. I said, I say it out loud. I have a covenant. When, when, they, when they say, well, the promotion is between you and what's-his-name. I, I have a covenant. I mean, I like what's-his-name. He's a good guy, but I have a covenant. I don't know if he's got a covenant. But I know I've got one. And that covenant said that God would bless me and make my name great. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how do you know things are going to go your way? Because that's got, that's, that, you got to train yourself. That's what comes up. I've got a covenant. I've got a covenant. Thirdly, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. It's a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. The blood covenant runs throughout the Bible and ties the two covenants together. The, the, the word of God begins with blood and ends with blood. And there's blood throughout. I heard Marilyn Hickey say one time, the Bible's a bloody book. And it is. The, 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 that, that, that phrase, blood, is mentioned hundreds of times in the word. Because, because it's so binding. It's so binding. Hallelujah. Fourthly, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. I will not have strong faith without a covenant mindset. Because faith must be based on something that cannot change. If it's not based on something that cannot change, it's not faith. Not the God kind of faith. Because the God kind of faith is based on what cannot change. Hallelujah. See, thank you, Lord. You got to get any thought out of your mind that God can change. He can't. He cannot change. The only way God cannot lie is he cannot change. Cannot. He, he said, uh, Brother Jim was talking in Malachi chapter 3. And you remember he said in Malachi chapter 3, he said, I'm the Lord and I do not change. That's why you're not consumed. In other words, you're doing something that deserves you being consumed. But because I am the merciful God who keeps covenant for a thousand generations, you're not consumed. Think about that. The Bible is a covenant book with blood on both ends. A covenant mindset is a requirement for great faith, for strong faith. A covenant is not merely an agreement. It's not merely a contract. Because here's why. In, in any agreement or a contract, there are provisions for getting out of it. When, when you go and you sign a lease for a house or an apartment or or you make an agreement about a certain thing. Most generally there is a way to break that agreement. Give me 30, 60, 90, 120 days notice and you can get out of your agreement. A covenant is for life forever. Amen. It's not just a contract. It's not just an agreement. It is something that the person who enters into it is bound by it. Do you see this? A blood covenant is binding. It, it binds the participant to their word. What they said in that covenant blood, they are now bound to. Amen. Think about that. If I have a covenant mindset... My word binds me to what I said. If I say I will, if I say I will, I will. If I say I won't, I won't. Because I'm bound to that. That's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. 
He said anything other than that is sin. Kind of makes you want to quit saying maybe. <laughs> but you understand that, that your yes is yes. If you said it, that's it. Because listen, you're bound to it. Amen. Genesis 15 and verse 8. Notice this. This is the Lord came to Abraham and told him uh, that he was going to give him an heir. See, God had already promised Abraham the land, an estate. But an estate is of no value if you don't have an heir. Because you've got all this land, all of this stuff, but who are you going to leave it to? That's why, that's why when God came, Abraham said, What could you possibly give me seeing I'm still childless and the heir of my family is going to be this Eleazar of Damascus, this steward? And God said, No, he's not going to be your heir. One that comes out of your own body is going to be your heir. Amen. And notice verse 10, uh, or verse 8, excuse me. And he said, Lord, whereby shall I know what I shall in, that I shall inherit it? What token are you going to give me? And he said, take a heifer of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. Notice verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said unto your seed, I've given this land from the river Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now notice something. This is God binding himself to what he told Abraham through the blood of this covenant. He's binding himself to that. Abraham says, I want a token. I want proof. I want evidence. That I'm going to inherit this land. And God said, okay, I'll make a covenant with you. This is, this is God binding himself to what he said through the blood of the covenant. Nine times in this chapter, God calls the covenant my covenant. Nine times. Three times he calls it an everlasting covenant. So it's his covenant and it's everlasting. Anything that God does is everlasting. God is now in covenant with Abraham, a man, and he is bound to what he promises him now by blood. He's in covenant with Abraham, and he's bound to what he said. Do you, do you see this? And God said, I willingly did this. I looked for someone greater, and because I couldn't find him, I bound myself to my word. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? There are things that God has bound himself to where you're concerned. And the binding is the blood of the covenant. Amen. And that's why the enemy's got to get you to disbelieve the covenant. Because if you ever believe the covenant, God, God doesn't change. Your part is faith and obedience. If I believe the covenant, it's just a matter of time before what God bound himself to comes to pass in my life. Because he's bound to it. And that's got to be your mindset. 
God is bound to what he said. God doesn't speak flippant words. He doesn't say things that he doesn't mean. And he doesn't say things that he doesn't mean because everything he says is bound by blood. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In Genesis 17, there's so much. Genesis 17, verse 3. I, I, I hope you brought your, your notepad, your iPad, whatever you use to write with. Genesis 17, verse 3. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. Uh, and you will be the father of many nations. Neither will your name anymore be called Abram, but you shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made you. I will make you exceeding fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings will come out of you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and to your seed after you. Now we're going to read some more, but notice God changed Abram and Sarai's names so they could line up with the covenant. He changed their names so they could line up with the covenant. Now, why? Because as long as they were seeing themselves as unable to have a son, the covenant could not come into completion. Our part is faith and obedience. God can call things that be not as though they were because every word that God speaks is truth. And it's full of life and has the ability to bring itself to pass. See, we imitate God when we call things that be not as though they were. God's word has the ability to bring itself to pass. Isaiah 55, 11. He said this in the verses previous to that. He says, like the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and bud and grow, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish the thing that I send it to do and it will prosper. Amen. The rain waters the earth. The snow waters the earth. The earth brings forth. We get a harvest. The word, the covenant word, is spoken into your situation. And it begins to produce what God wants it to produce. All I got to do is believe it. I just got to believe it. And so, God calls things that be not. As though they were, oh glory, because every word he speaks is truth. Is that right? Uh, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. Oh Lord God, I can't speak, I'm just a child. Don't say you're a child. Do you see this? 
God said, I've called you to build up, to rebuild, to tear down, to shake things up, to root out. Don't talk against that. Why? Because you can go in the power of the word that I say about you. Oh, glory. I have a covenant. Every word God speaks is true. You know what the word says? Oh, glory. God needed Abram to start seeing himself as Abraham. So he gave him something to say. Something to call himself. Now, now think about this for a moment. Who's going to do the miracle? God. Based on what? The covenant. What's Abram have to do? Get in line with the covenant. So God says, I got to change what he's saying. Mm. Th think about this. Here's a, a verse for you. Let the weak say. Now, wait a minute. Is that covenant? Is that plain? What's God doing there? Telling you what to say. So why would you ever say I'm wore out? I have no strength. I'm so weak. Every time you say that, you're getting out of the covenant. Because you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to agree with the covenant. Boy, it got quiet. Y'all were shouting real good just about 30 seconds ago. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I'm just telling the truth. I'm just wore out. I don't have any strength. That's, listen, that might be something you're experiencing, but you're not supposed to say that because that's not your covenant. If you don't want it, don't say it. Tell your neighbor right now. Tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, if you don't want it, don't you say it. Because there's also a covenant scripture that says this. You will have whatever you say. And you will have what you say regardless of what God wants you to have. God can want me to have this. And if I keep saying I have this, I'll have what I say. I won't have what God said unless I'm saying what God said. But I will always have what I say. Do you see that? I say, do you see that? Do you see that? Remember, remember in Numbers, I think it's around Numbers 14, when the people wouldn't go over into, into the promised land? And then they decided, well, we'll go now. <laughs> and, 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 and remember what God said? Well, you can go, but I'm not going. And they kept murmuring and complaining, we're going to die in the wilderness, brought us out here to die, brought us out here to die. If you want to see the long-suffering of God, God heard that, covenant God, heard that for 40 years. And finally, in Numbers 14, he said, you tell them, as they have spoken in my ears, that's what's going to happen. They will all die in the wilderness. They had a covenant of long life. They had a covenant that God said, I'll take sickness from your midst. And the number of your days you will fulfill. You missed it. He promised to fulfill the number of their days. 
Why did he not fulfill the number of their days? Because they kept saying, we're going to die in the wilderness. God doesn't break covenant. Man breaks covenant. My part is faith and obedience. Am I helping you at all? Words are vital in a covenant. There are no flippant words in a covenant. None. There, there's nothing there that's just verbiage. Amen. Just, right? Remember, now, now some of y'all aren't, well, I, I guess some of y'all, most everybody in here I think would remember. I, I, rem, I remember, I remember the day when a handshake and look a man in the eye was enough. That's it. Why? Because that man knew, I'm going to see this guy again. I'm going to see him around town. I can't break my word to him. Hallelujah. Why? That, that was a covenant mindset. If I shake your hand and look you in the eye and give you my word, that's it. Right? That, that it wasn't flippant words. Amen. If, 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 if you told somebody, I'm going to give you this, or I'm going to do this, or, or if, you'll let me, if you'll let me have that, I'll pay you next Friday when I get paid. And they'd shake your hand, look you in the eye, and let you take it home. And the first thing you did next Friday was take that money down there because you had given your word. Words were not flippant. Today, people say what they think other people want them to hear. They, they say what will get them out of a tight spot. They have no concept of covenant. Amen. Look, I, I teach teenagers this. You, you, you be careful about something. When, when, when some young man starts telling you how much he loves you. Love is a covenant word. Amen. He looks at you and says, oh, I love you. Wait a minute. Love is an, is an eternal word. I don't love you today and not love you in six years. I don't love you today and when you gain 50 pounds, I don't love you no more. Do you see why I'm saying this? That can be a flippant word. And people use it. I love my house. I love my car. I love my dog. That's, that's a very flippant use of a covenant word. I enjoy my house. I enjoy my car, but I love God. I love my family. Right? I love my brothers and sisters. I don't want to use flippant language. Words spoken in a blood covenant are binding for generations. They're binding for generations. God promised that Abraham would have a son... And that his covenant would be with him and with his seed after him. Notice verse 14. Hallelujah. Well, let's start in verse 15. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, you shall no more call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give you a son of her. I will bless her and she'll be a mother of nation. Kings of people will be of her. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that's a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that's ninety years old bear? 
And Abraham said unto God that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son. Indeed, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him. So with his seed and his seed after him. So we not only see a son, we see the seed of the son. So we know the son will have children. Now why do we know that? God doesn't lie. You got to keep going back. I have a covenant. I have a covenant. God doesn't lie. Say that out loud. Say God cannot lie. Say it one more time. God cannot. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Cannot. Cannot. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. God who God who in hope of eternal God who in hope of eternal life who cannot lie. Not doesn't. Not won't. Cannot. Understand this. Everything God is leading Abraham in these steps of faith because God knows this. If you will just obey me and be obedient and put your faith in me, I'll do what I said. Hallelujah. Do you see this? We not only see a son, we see the seed of the son. So we know the son will have children. Isaac and his seed after him. Abraham heard and knew the same thing. Wait a minute. He said Isaac and Isaac's seed. God's bound to his word by blood. Wait a minute. Think about this. I will increase you more and more. You and your children. He's talking about my children. So it's not just me. It's my children. God's bound by blood. God wants to bless my children more and more. Amen. When I walk in my children's big, nice house, boy, I think, praise God, God's increasing my children more and more. More and more and more and more. Hallelujah. They call and tell me they're making more money than they've ever made. Praise God. God is increasing my children. Listen, God will increase your children in spite of your children because He has a covenant with you. They, they may not recognize it. They may not see it. But God, God cannot break his word. And he told Abraham, if you will walk up rightly before me, this is what I'll do for you. Your uprightness is blessing your children. Your living right is blessing your children. You doing the right thing is blessing your children. Yeah, but my kids aren't living right. Quit focusing on them not living right and focus on the covenant provision that comes from you living right. Glory to God. Come on in, DJ. Glory to God. Do you see that? And the enemy will try to beat your mind up. Yeah, but they're not living right. Just look back at him and say, yeah, but I am. I am. I'm living right. Amen. And there's nothing you can do. I won't give in. I'm going to keep your neck on the ground because I have a covenant. Glory to God. That's it. 
That, that, that closes the book. What are you going to do about your children? I'm not going to do anything about them. I'm going to see them in heaven. I'm going to see them in church. I'm going to see them worshiping God. I'm going to see them taking their family to church. I'm going to see him speaking in tongues and shouting and praising God. Why? I have a covenant. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters would prophesy. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's mine. Hallelujah. I got a covenant. The day of Pentecost came because of this covenant. Because God promised. He promised. Everything throughout the scripture is tied to that covenant in Genesis 17 and 15 that God made with everything. Everything. Everything stems from that. Mm. Glory. Think about that for a moment. God's bound by blood to what he said about your children. <laughs> Think about that. So you can go to bed tonight and rest well. Knowing. I got a covenant. I say I got a covenant. And don't, and don't talk about what they're doing wrong. I hear people that say, well, you know, you just got to tell the truth. Wait a minute. Your version of truth is adversarial to God's version of truth. God's version of truth is not the facts. God's version of truth is the promise. And the promise will overcome the facts. The fact is, Abraham could not have a son. He could not father a child. The fact is, Sarah was barren at 90, but she was barren at 18. That's the facts. But the covenant showed up. And Abraham believed God. Abraham believed what God said. And I want you to understand something. I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny or, or common. You can laugh if you want because it might be a little funny. This only had to work once. Abraham only had to be able to father a child one time. Sarah only had to become productive once for the covenant to be clear. <laughs> the covenant so renewed Abraham, he had six more children. It so renewed Sarah that the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 that Sarah, or uh, Hebrews eleven sixteen 16, that Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed after she was past the age of bearing because she considered him faithful who had promised. Do you consider your covenant friend faithful? Do, he said, I'm the faithful God. I'm the merciful God that keeps covenant for a thousand generations. He's faithful. He's faithful. He'll do what he said. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Only had to work once. All God's got to get you to do is believe him. And he can, he can take one time and change everything. Hmm. No, 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 notice here in Genesis 22. Is this all right? Glory to God. Amen. You know, over the years, Pastor Michelle and I have had people say things to us like, y'all are fanatics. 
Y'all are just too strong in that word stuff. I had a person one time. I was I was assistant pastor of church, and I'd been ministering. I don't know how many weeks the the pastor was not able to minister, so I was ministering, and I was ministering on faith and and the different things, and. Uh, uh, I was in Sunday school, never did like Sunday school, but I was there because I was on staff and I was being kind. And uh, so I was there listening to Sunday school. And so the Sunday school teacher asked if anybody had a testimony. Boy, a person stood up. And uh, they started and 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 uh, <laughs> they started with their back to me. And they said, you know, we've been hearing a lot about faith lately. And I thought, here it comes. And then they had their back to me, and then they turned around and looked at me and said, I think those faith people are living in a dream world. They're living a fantasy world. Well, they, they, they thought they were just really giving it to me. And I thought, I thought to myself, I just smiled and thought, yeah, it's good over here. Leave me alone. When, when you start saying, I have a covenant, that settles it. There's not, there's not a lot more to be said. Amen. Well, I know what you're believing, but wait, 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 I have a covenant. Listen, there's things the Bible doesn't tell us. How, how, how often did Abraham have to stay seeing himself as Abraham? See, I want you to see something. How, how many times did this not work? Until one day, it worked. That's when faith becomes substance. Faith is substance, but it doesn't start out as substance. When I enter into faith, I don't see or feel everything that I need. But faith is producing it. Because faith comes from the Word of God. And faith attaches itself to the Word of God and draws or siphons out of the Word everything I need to be everything God said I could be. Listen. Why do you chew your food? People say to swallow it. No, to get the nutrients out of it. If you eat food that has nutrients in it. And you chew it, you'll get nutrients out of it. When you put a piece of broccoli in your mouth and you chew it up, you're getting all that vitamin, you're getting all that vitamin C and all that vitamin K and you're getting all the vitamins in your body. But, but, but how did you get it into your system? You used your mouth. How do you get the life-changing aspects of that covenant into your life? You believe it, and you speak it, and you speak it, and you speak it, and every time you speak it, you're getting the nutrients of the Word in your life, and every time you speak it, something's changing. Every time you speak it, that circumstance is moving. The covenant is working because I'm saying it. Yes, Glory. Did you find Genesis 22 and verse 1? 
And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham or test him. It's a test of the covenant. And said to him, Abraham, he said, Behold, I, here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, who you love, and get into the land of Moriah. Offer him, therefore, a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll tell you of. And Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God told him. This is a test of the covenant. Now, understand something. God is the promising partner. God made the promise. Abraham's part is faith and obedience. God's the promising partner. Watch. If you will hearken unto my words and do what I command you, I will put none of these diseases upon you that I put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Now think about that. They don't have a covenant. See, now, now understand, I know in the Greek there's no cause, in the Hebrew there's no causative verb. So God said, you know, I will not put this on you that I put on the Egyptians. And I understand that, that it's probably allowed. God allowed it. But here's the thing. Think about this for a moment. God had no commitment to the Egyptians they didn't have a covenant so here's my point here's what I'm trying to say if he did put it on them he didn't violate anything because he didn't have a covenant with them but here's what you got to take note of Egypt is always a type of the world and bondage that you were in and God said I'm not a part of that I'm the God that heals you. I'm the God that heals you. God, that's a promise. God's the promising partner. Watch my part. I have a covenant. I have a covenant of healing. You look in the mirror at yourself when you're battling something. You say, well, but I have a covenant. You got to go. Right? Amen. Amen. You got to go. I got, I got a text not too long ago from a brother, and, and he's dealing with something. We're believing with him. And I said, right now, right now, sit down with your wife and get the communion elements out. And take communion over this and tell it, you got to go. You got to get. Why? The body and the blood say, you got to go. The body of Jesus is not sick, so my body doesn't have to be sick. The new covenant says that I am bone of his bone. Flesh of his flesh and blood of his blood. Is that right? So if I'm bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh and blood of his blood, he doesn't have cancer. He doesn't have COVID. He doesn't have the flu. He doesn't have high blood pressure. He doesn't have fear, anxiety. He does not have heart trouble. He does not have anything that is part of the curse. I am a partaker of his body through the blood of the covenant. Closes the book. That's it. That's it. That, that's why when somebody says, are you healed? Yes, I'm healed. Yeah, but I, I, I saw your numbers and, and your blood pressure still high. I'm healed. See, I have a covenant. None of the diseases that came on Egypt will come on me. 
because the Lord's my healer. Yeah, but what if it did come on me? That's okay. He said, I'll bless your bread and water, and I'll take the sickness from your midst. So even if it did come on you, he'll take it. He'll take it away. Well, what's he going to do with it? I don't know, and I don't care. He took it. I say he took it. Somebody ought to shout with me. He took it. He took it away. He bore it. He bore it in his body to the cross. He took stripes on his back to pay for it. And then he bore it in his body to the tree and did away with it. And then he took his blood to the mercy seat in heaven and put it on the mercy seat as payment in full for every sin, every sickness, every disease, every problem in anybody's life. The payment has been paid. The covenant blood still speaks on the mercy seat in heaven. Closes the book. There's blood between me and God. And it's not animal blood like it was with Abraham. It's the blood of his only begotten son. It's the blood of the Lamb of God. The Lamb of Calvary. The man from heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ. God's the promising partner. In order to see the promise fulfilled. Abraham has to do what God's asked. The covenant wasn't fulfilled when Isaac was born. That was the first part. He's got to have seed. <laughs> See, if God promises you something, and it seems as though right now you're falling short, don't give up because it's what He promised that you have to focus on. But God's asking me to do something that looks contrary to what He said. Stay focused on what He said. He said, "In I will bless you, and Isaac will have my covenant, and his seed after him. So now we see clearer why God said, take your son... To Moriah, and when they get to the base of the mountain, Abraham tells the porters, stay here with the stuff, and me and the lad will go and worship, and we'll come back. Because God, Abraham knew, this boy didn't have any children yet. So if God's got to raise him from the dead, that's what he'll do to fulfill his covenant. That's why Abraham knew the covenant was stronger than death. God will raise him from the dead because he's got to have children. Got to. See, your, your children have to be saved because God said they have to be saved. The covenant is not complete until they're saved. Don't give up. Don't back off. The covenant is still working. Shh. Glory. So he said, 
I and the lad will go and we'll come back. Because of the covenant God had made. Abraham was there when God walked through those pieces. And he knew that God was bound by blood to whatever he said. See, that's how it closes the book. I saw him walk through those pieces. I heard him swear. Yeah, but I haven't seen God walk through pieces. Peter said this. He said that voice that we heard on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said we heard his voice and we saw the Shekinah glory of God. He said we have an even more sure word of prophecy. The book. This book is a more sure witness than the audible voice of God. What it says, what it says is what you base everything on. You might or you might not hear something from God. You might hear a word or you might not. But you can always get a... This, this, this is a covenant book bound by blood on both ends. He said... You remember in verse 7 and 8, Isaac said, huh, The fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide a lamb for himself. God will provide. Hallelujah. See, this is not sadness. This is not angst, heartache. Oh, God will provide. Mm -mm. Hey, son, God will provide. Hallelujah. And then look at the next step. Tied him up. Put him on the altar. See, we, we often talk about Abraham's understanding of covenant. We get the implication Isaac had an understanding of this covenant. I'm hurrying as best I can. Abraham knew if God wanted to sacrifice, he would provide it because he had promised that Isaac would have children that the covenant would extend to. So he, he's got it right here. Either God will provide a sacrifice or I will go through with this and God will raise him from the dead. But either way, I'm going through with it. See, faith requires a commitment. This is how it is, period. If you're going to live by faith, you don't try to live by faith. You live by faith. That's it. Faith is your way of life. And, and remember, living by faith is not quitting your job. You live by faith. My pastor said this one time. He said, if you can't live by faith with a job, you'll never live by faith without one. <laughs> but, but, but the point I'm making is that that is a covenant mindset. We hear these great stories. 
you know, uh, uh, people like uh, uh, George Mueller, you know, that had the great orphanages in, in uh, 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 England. And uh, Reese Howes, intercessor, that had these great moves of God. And, and, you know, they would set all those little children, hundreds of them down at a table with nothing to give them. Nothing. And they'd just start thanking God. And somebody would knock on the door. And bring enough money or enough money to get all the food or enough food to feed everybody. And people say, oh, wasn't that a wonderful miracle? No, that was somebody that said, God, you told me to do this. Now, my part is set them down and put the plate in front of them. Your part is show up and bring in some food. Your part is, God, I'm the healed of the Lord. That's it. That settles the issue. I'm healed. God's parts heal you. Here's the thing, though. You cannot do your part that God won't do his part. It's, it's, close the book. Amen. Hebrews 11, verse 17, uh, verse 19, in the Amplified Bible says, For he reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from among the dead, indeed in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed, he did actually receive him back from the dead. Hmm. Do you see that? This, his, his mindset was, I'm doing this. In Abraham's mind, his son was sacrificed. I think this is important. In your mind, are you really healed? In your mind, are you healed? That, that, that has everything to say about it. You're not healed till you feel something. You're not healed till you experience something. I'm, I'm healed. Right? I'm, I'm done. I'm going through with this. All right? There's no tears because the boy's already dead. And the only thing left is for God to raise him. That's it. I'm healed. Not going to worry about it. I'm healed. The only thing left is the physical manifestation. It's done. I'm healed. Why? I have a Abraham had never seen the dead raised that we know of. Yet he knew that God had bound himself to the promise that Isaac would have children and they would partake of the covenant. And God had also told Abraham, in Isaac your seed shall be called. That settled the issue for Abraham. Isaac, my seed, will be called. In John 8, 56, Jesus was talking to uh, uh, the religious leaders of his day. And he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it. And he was glad. And he saw it. Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see his day. What day? The day of redemption. And that he saw it, and he was glad. Well, 
When did he see it? Genesis 22, verse 13 through 14. Notice this. And uh, he said here, And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Yireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. This, oh Lord. Through the ram in the thicket, Abraham saw the revelation of redemption. Wait a minute. There is the law of the substitute here. I obeyed God. I brought my son to this mountain. And God provided himself a sacrifice as a substitute for my son. And he said he rejoiced to see my day. What happened? The, the lamb, Jesus, came into the earth and was caught in the thicket of your sin and caught in the thicket of your mis misgivings and your unrighteousness. And when it came time for you to be laid on the altar and the knife to be plunged into your chest, God saw a ram caught in the thicket and He took the substitute and sacrificed Jesus instead of you. Glory to God. I have a covenant. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Yes, sir. Glory to God. In my place. He said, I am. He called the place Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah self-existent one. Jehovah, the one that exists eternally alone by himself. God all by himself. Jireh, God who sees and provides. God saw Abraham's faith in the covenant and provided the lamb. God sees your trust and faith in the covenant and provides because of what he sees. Mm. My God, my God closes the book that closes that settles the issue God will see see that's why he said my God shall supply all of your need God will see the need and provide that we call that a promise it's a blood sworn oath it cannot be any different Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? Oh, Lord, I don't know if I need to say that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got, I got a hold of this. Like I said, all those years ago. And you've heard the different stories. Pastor Michelle and I got married. We had a call of God on our life. People were so jealous of her. They were so jealous of her. It seemed like every evangelist that came to the church would prophesy over her. You're going to write books. You're going to be on TV. You're going to do these different things. You know, and, and I'm on the platform. I'm playing music, drums, bass, guitar, whatever they need me to play. And, and Pastor Michelle was on the praise team, but she was always on the dance team. No, we didn't have a dance team. She just danced. Amen. 
She used to sing a song. Every time they'd ask her to sing a special, she'd sing a song called, I'm Still Dancing. But it's not the same. I'm still drinking, but the fountain's been changed. Hallelujah. I'm still singing, but I got a new song. I get happy. I still carry on. Amen. When I used to be dead, because I'm forgiven from my toes to my head. I'm not dancing for the devil anymore. I'm dancing for the Lord. Woo! And then she'd cut a jig. Hallelujah. Glory! Man, people would get jealous. And, and because of that, we didn't have anybody to help us. No, nobody thought anything of us. You know, I know what it's like to go preach. And people get upset because you preach good. And want to do you wrong and cut you down because you're anointed. I used to go to churches. I don't know why they would invite me to preach. I'd go preach and the pastor would get upset. <laughs> the whole, we just turned the church out. It's just, that it was the anointing on my life. One, 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 one time at Assembly of God Church, I, I attended Assembly of God Church in Garden City, Kansas. And uh, uh, that's where I was a teenager, and I was, I was in the youth group. And one night, they, they decided they were going to let the youth take the service. They did this about every quarter. And so uh, uh, they had the youth sing and the youth, and the youth you know, lead praise and worship. And they had the youth preach. I was the youth preaching. And I preached the message committed to the purpose. Amen. Abraham sent for Uriah and Uriah wouldn't do what, or David sent for Uriah and Uriah wouldn't do what David wanted him to do. And so David sat down and wrote out Uriah's death note. And Uriah was so committed to the purpose and so committed to the things of God, he wouldn't even look at the note. He had all the way on that trip to find out what that note said. He could have left and abandoned his position and abandoned his, his commitment and he wouldn't do it. And it cost him his life. Are you committed to the purpose? Are you committed to what God's asked you to do? My Lord, people were bouncing off the wall. People were shouting. Little old ladies were going, Woo! 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 It, they were, it was, turned them out. Amen. The pastor got up behind me. And he said, yes, it's good to see the vibrancy. In our less mature ministers. I never got to preach again. Here's a man old enough to be my dad. Jealous of me. It's enough to make you jaded. All I'm trying to do is what God wants me to do. <laughs> we didn't have anything. We had nothing. You see, people look at us today. And they think, you know, we, something happened great to us. It did. I found out I had a covenant. When we got married, you know what kind of furniture we had? Whatever anybody had given my wife from the Goodwill or their shed. She had an apartment with nothing in it. She was having a, a, a home study, a home visit to see could she get our oldest kids back. We didn't have it. She didn't have anything. We weren't married yet. She didn't have anything. So people started bringing things just to furnish the house. Well, it was enough, and, and she got the kids back. Thank the Lord. But here's the thing. Man, that couch, they had fixed it by putting a two-by-four through the cushion. 
And you had to learn how to sit on that couch. You had to sit like a pregnant woman. I'm serious. Because if you just sat down normally, it, it'd hit your tailbone. You'd go numb. It's like, that was it. Honestly, seriously. Am I, am, am I exaggerating? We got married. We didn't have a bed. We did not have a bed. We slept on the floor. And somebody thought really nice of us and went to their camper truck and got a moldy, rotten mattress and gave it to us. It was like that thick. I thought, well, what in the world is this? It's a blessing. Thank you, brother. Pray for you real hard. But we had nothing. We had nothing. I was driving a Volkswagen Rabbit. That was way past its prime when I bought it. I bought it for $500 with my tax refund. My wife was driving a new Chrysler New Yorker. Now, before you think, boy, what a nice car. No. It was a stolen car. She didn't steal it, but she knew who did. It didn't have a title. We couldn't get it tagged. We had to smudge the tag. I know none of y'all ever did that. I understand. She drove that car until one day she was driving in the dark. And they'd come and they'd taken the top off the street to re-asphalt the street. And the manhole was sticking up. And she's driving about 45 miles an hour and hit that manhole and just ripped the entire undercarriage of that car off. That was it. That's all for that one. You say, well, what God bless you with? A Chrysler LeBaron that overheated every 50 miles. I'm not joking. When, she, when we moved to Kansas City, she took our kids and moved to Kansas City and slept in a tent. In a tent. We didn't have anything. Nothing. Nothing. And we just want to serve God. We just want to live for God. We just want to do what God wants us to do. Here's my wife, been delivered. Here's me, God. God has brought me back to where He wanted me to be. All we want to do is what God wants us to do. So I get a job. I'm working every hour I can. I'm riding the bus to work. We're rejoicing. We're learning to love God even more. She gets a job at night working at the grocery store, babysitting in the morning and going to work at night. I didn't waste my time. While she's at the job, I'm in the Word. And I found out one night, while she was at Price Chopper checking people out at night, I found out I had a covenant with God. My life changed. She walked in the door and I ran down the, the hallway. And I ran up to her and I said, Baby, we got a covenant. There's blood between us and God. She said, Tell me more. Tell me more. I found out I could depend on God. Glory to God. I Listen, I preached covenant in a suit that cost $1.75. My wife bought me a $1.75 suit at Salvation Army for my birthday. I'm serious. I say, I'm serious. I mean, it was shark skin. 
It had, it had legs. It had bell bottoms out to here. I mean, wide lapels. Had a vest. Woo! When I walked in the church, it was like, I mean, that's just it. I'm, I'm coming home. DJ, I was coming on in. I remember my pastor at the time, Elder Morton, he looked at me and said, Whoo, Philip, you looking sharp. Oh, Lord. I'm serious. Hallelujah. I had me some Stacy Adams shoes. Y'all remember Stacy Adams? Oh, my Lord. I only had them because my father-in-law was a dealer and he'd send me some shoes. We didn't have anything. We drove to that church in a Pontiac station wagon with an Oldsmobile engine. With a hole in the floor. And right under the hole in the floor was the exhaust with a hole in the exhaust. You pull up to church and the kids would be like this. People say, aren't they cute? No, they're dying. Get them out of there. It's, we're suffocating. Now, that's an exaggeration, but that's how it was. I mean, you could hear us coming. Here we come. The Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, we just had them little old kids in there. They were just, I just so glad to be going to church. We're just going to church. And we'd get there and we'd all come out. We was country as a corn cob. It was, I'm telling you, it was corn pone and his family. Here we come. But we didn't know anything. We didn't know people were laughing at us. We didn't know that people were poking fun at us. We went to that church, and there were people that loved us, but there were people laughing at us. There were people laughing at me for preaching on covenant with a $1.75 suit on. I didn't know. I didn't care. My life needs to change. My life needs to take a turn. Hallelujah. Amen. I've told you the story. Holes in my shoes. I had one pair of good shoes. I had to wear them to work, and I had to wear them to church. I'd wear my old tennis shoes to work and carry my new sho- my best shoes in the bag and wear them in the day. And I, I couldn't afford any new ones. They wore out. I had holes in my shoes. My wife said, honey, when you pray with people, please squat. Don't kneel. We can see the holes in your shoes. And I'm preaching prosperity. I'm preaching God's a good God. God's a covenant God. God wants to meet your needs. And I've got to decide, am I going to go to church and put gas to go to church? Or am I going to save the gas to go to work? God got the call. You say, what happened? I ran out of gas on the way home. But because I chose to put God first, a guy named Lance Alexander had caught me before I left the church and said, God told me to give this to you. And he gave me $20. Yeah, I ran out of gas, but I had money to go get some. See, I'm learning this covenant thing. What I'm trying to explain to you, neither one of our families are wealthy. My father left this earth and left nothing to nobody. And I'm not upset with that. I love my dad. He's my hero. But here's the point. He left nothing to nobody. He left me his Bible. That's what I got. That's all I need. Because if you take everything I got and leave me my Bible, I can get it all back. Are you following me? But things started changing. Things started changing. We got a hold of the covenant. We've got a covenant with God. Are you following me? It doesn't matter. 
if nobody wants to help you. It doesn't matter if you're in a position that, that, that everything is going wrong. You've got a covenant with God. Take your covenant with God and go do what God told you to do. Amen. I was sharing with the men there at the, the, the minister's conference. And we, we were standing there. We, we help our pastor while we're there. And I said, now I'm saying this for a reason. Please, you, you understand, I, I, don't, I don't talk a lot about what I do with him. But I thought to myself, I was standing there. I said, there was a day I had holes in my shoes. I didn't have clothes fit to wear anywhere. And now I'm standing here with the badge on that says, Happy Caldwell Ministries. I can go out this door and go into the speaker's room at Eagle Mountain International Church and nobody's going to stop me. Because I'm there to pick my pastor up to take him wherever he needs to go. And oh, by the way, I don't have holes in my shoes no more. And them in that $29.95 job from Walmart either. When you have a covenant, everything changes. He's, he said, I want you clothed in the best. I, I want you looking like a child of the king. Dr. Summerall said, when you walk in somewhere, walk in on good carpet. The covenant, the covenant, the covenant. When you pull up to my house, whenever you come to my house, you pull up there. That's the covenant. The house that God made that house out of the covenant. Hallelujah. You understand? I don't take that lightly. Every day I walk through that house and I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my home. Thank you for what you've done for me. Every time you ask my family, every time I pull in the neighborhood, I say, Lord, thank you for letting me live in this neighborhood. Thank you for being such a blessing to me. He said, put me in remembrance of my word. Am I helping you? I don't have time to finish this. We'll be back another night, though. You know, as, as, as we wrap this up, he told Isaac, he told Abraham, he said, and your seed will possess the gates of their enemy. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, he said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. <laughs> that covenant, that blood covenant means that there's nothing the enemy can do against the church. If the church will realize we have a covenant with God, there's nothing the enemy can do. Nothing the enemy can do. Let's prepare to receive the elements of communion tonight. This is the body and the blood of Jesus. You know, over the years I've had people kind of look at me funny because we talk about, thank you, sir, the blessings of God. The Lord said something to me one time. He said, never be ashamed of my blessings in your life. Whatever you have, God did it. I couldn't do it on my own. I had my son and his wife down last summer, and he pastors in Illinois, and he was out on the the back deck, we were out on the back deck just enjoying the, well, August in Little Rock, the heat. 
And uh, he sat in the grass with me in the backyard, and he looked at me. And he looked at our house. And he said, Dad, I know where you came from. And he said, isn't it amazing to see what God can do? I said, yes, it is. It is amazing. You got a covenant. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are or what you don't have. God did not ask Abraham what he had to give him. He told Abraham what he would give him. Yeah, but I failed over here. Well, yeah, Abraham did too. But the covenant was stronger than his failure. Abraham went down to Egypt and almost messed the whole thing up. The covenant seed was going to come through Sarah. It wasn't going to come through any other, any other person. And Abraham gets her put into Pharaoh's harem. But God said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I'll protect you. I'll keep you. And so God showed up at night to Abimelech and said, you're a dead man. Because the woman you have is a man's wife. That's God keeping his part of the covenant. He had to do it. When you got a covenant, God will start talking about you to people. Did Did Jacob have a covenant with God? He did, didn't he? The covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob left Laban, his father-in-law, and Laban got mad and pursued him. And when he stopped that night, God spoke to him and said, when you find Jacob, don't you say anything good or bad to him. What was that? The covenant. And Laban got there and he told Jacob, it's in my power to do you harm, but the God that you serve told me not to. There are people that don't want to help you, but I'm telling you, you call it prophesying or whatever you want to call it, but they're going to help you because you have a covenant and they can't help themselves. We're seeing, folks, we're seeing things this year. We're seeing it. Every uh, Friday, didn't I tell you, I'm so overwhelmed. All these things that God has promised us for years. Folks, we're about to go on a Hispanic radio station that reaches all the way to Spain. And they're going to put us on that station eight times a day, a week. For nothing. Hallelujah. This past year, my wife signed a contract with Harrison House Publishers to publish her life story. It's soon to be released this fall. Amen. Doing what God said. Folks, it didn't happen overnight. This is 25 years in the making. But it's happening. What's God about to do for you? Whatever you believe he's going to do. I said, whatever you believe, God is taking this ministry national and international. A woman of God stood in our church in DeSoto, Kansas in 2001. Pastor Michelle and I were sitting over on the left-hand side of the sanctuary. 
and she was ministering and she turned to us and she said to her and to me she said your testimony will go on airwaves and she said the ministry will have a local reach but it will have a national reach and an international reach and she said something that we hung on to all of those years. She said, and never make a decision based on money and never decide what you're going to do based on finances because God will bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west and with them all the finances you need. I have a covenant. Folks, I'm not bragging. I, you know I don't say things like this all the time. But I'm telling you, in 2022... We are walking in things that God promised us almost 30 years ago. And it's just now coming to pass. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't despise the day of small things. God will surely do what he said. He'll do it, Tavakal. He will do it. He will do it. In my spirit right now, I see God standing there over your circumstance with his right hand raised saying, I swear. I swear. It shall all come to pass. It shall all come to pass. But I made mistakes. The covenant is stronger than your mistake. If you made a mistake, repent. Tell God you made a mistake and get up. You got a covenant. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. There's people, many, maybe everyone under the sound of my voice. I don't know. God brought you here for a reason. And it's not just for us to use your talents or for you to be worked or used. It's to get something. God doesn't bring you somewhere just to give something. He or for you to give something. He brings you for you to get something. Hallelujah. In 2013, I was sitting in the, in the, in, in the minister's conference at Kenneth Copeland Minister's Conference, and my pastor was preaching. And he was, he was, he was uh, preaching on, on uh, uh, transition. Uh, 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 I'm so anointed I can't figure that out. Transition, manifestation, impartation. It was about when he was transitioning over at Agape. And I was sitting there and the Lord said, I want you to follow his faith. And he said, you follow his faith and you do it now. And he said, as I was and am with Happy Caldwell, I'll be with you. That's what he said. That's what he said. I wrote it down. I've got it over my desk at home, right above where I sit. I got a picture of my pastor laying hands on me and parting into my life. And I've got that sheet of notes that I took. What he was preaching on. And what the Lord said to me on that very day. And every, every time the enemy tries to run his mouth, I wheel around and I look at that picture. As I was and am with Happy Caldwell, I will be with you. I'm telling you, God brings, God brought you to this cave to hook you up with a giant killer. Now the only thing I know to tell you to do is get the rock out of your pocket and get it in the sling. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. I'm on your side. And I'm, I'm telling you, anybody that knows me, if you get in a tight, you want me with you. Because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you, we're going to pray your children saved. We're going to pray your body healed. 
We're going to pray your marriage good. We're going to pray your family back together. I'm telling you, this year, you're not losing anything. You're gaining everything. You do whatever you want to with that, but I'm telling you, you're not losing anything. You're gaining everything. I believe God. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Uh Uh-huh. Glory. So, Father, we come tonight. And we have these elements in hand, Lord. On the one hand, we have the body that represents the brokenness. It represents those places that may or may not need healing. But, Lord, regardless, it's a sign of covenant that means the covenant initiator has been broken. So, per the covenant, there's no reason for me to be. So, as we partake of that bread tonight, we thank you for the covenant. (laughs) And we declare we'll never be broken another day in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can partake of that bread tonight. Oh, glory. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Father, on the other hand, we have the cup. Lord, Jesus said three times in three Gospels that this blood was the new covenant in His blood. In other words, Lord, it was the sign, it was the proof, it was the evidence, it was the token. And when His blood ran down the cross, it screamed, I'm the evidence of the new covenant. The new covenant that expands on the first and brings those into the new covenant and situates them in the first covenant as well. Through this blood. This is the token. This blood, Lord, this blood that this cup is a symbol of is on our heart. Through the sign of spiritual circumcision, there's a covenant mark on our spirit. It's the token. It's the sign. It's the evidence that we belong to you. And you said that your people, the ones that belong to you, the ones that called you their God, that they would never be ashamed. (laughs) So we partake tonight knowing no weapon formed against us will prosper. We will never be ashamed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can partake of your cup tonight. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. What a blessed presence is here. What a blessed presence. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands tonight. Let's just lift our hand up. Just thank the Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we praise you. Oh, Father, thank you. Father, I thank you tonight that just as our child is here in this presence, that your presence goes into the families of each of our members. And your presence begins to touch their children and touch their grandchildren. Father, we make, we make a declaration that this church will lose none of our children. That this church will lose none of our grandchildren. Our seed will serve you. In the name of Jesus. Say it out loud. My seed will serve God. My children and my children's children will serve God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on up, honey. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. You know, I want to encourage you. You know, we take communion at church. But uh, you need to take communion at home. You know, we had a, a situation where there was some, a night where there was a bad dream. And I told my wife, I said, uh, we shouldn't be having that. That's not, that's not part of our covenant. And so the next night, we just took communion. We're taking communion over this. And we're saying, according to our covenant, we don't have this. Well, that, what's that do? That closed the book. If there's any uneasiness in your house, even if you're single, sit down with the elements. Take communion. The body and the blood. There's no broken place in my life. The blood of Jesus covers every door, every window. Every entry into my home is covered by the blood of Jesus. And I have a covenant that said no evil will befall me. And no plague will come near my dwelling. All I got to do is stay in the secret place. And the secret place is that place where the blood is on the doorpost. The blood is the evidence. When the enemy goes down your street, and he does, when he goes down your street, he looks at your house, and in the spirit, he sees the token of the covenant. And listen to me. If he crosses that bloodline, he incurs the wrath of God. Not going to happen. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I know that most generally we would say our vision, and that's so important, and, and uh, we generally do that. But uh, in these moments when the Spirit is so precious, I just, I like to just let people go. I'm not telling you not to fellowship, shake hands, but just go in this atmosphere. And you know, don't, don't, don't be so quick to just fall into your normal nightly pattern. Because the Lord will speak to you on the way home. He'll talk to you. He'll share things with you. Amen. Isn't that great? We love you. Don't forget the meetings this coming up week at 9101 Lou Drive. If you can be with us here in Be Healed meetings. And uh, there, there, there will not be corporate prayer here tomorrow uh, as we'll, we'll be there ministering. So 
If you can be with us, please do so. Yes, ma'am. But we will be here on Wednesday. Is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> How wonderful of a husband I am. Right? Handsome. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, amen. I praise God. God's good. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great night. You are my strength, strength like no Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.